Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but according to the scriptures, we're going to see, is that is that a righteous thing to do, to think something about somebody without having no proof? Exactly. And then speak on it like it's a reality. Yeah, like like it's facts. Yeah, we can't we can't be doing that, and we're going to um, examine these things in the scriptures, because, you know, the Most High gives us these commandments and, and instructs us in these things because he really wants us to be righteous and to have righteous dealings. And he wants us to treat each other righteously and fairly. And when we do things like that, we're not being just, we're not being fair, and we're not being righteous. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are things we got to purge out of us. Because these things are, are, are evil, evil ways of dealing. Wait, before you even move on, because there's so many different avenues we're dealing with uh, evil thoughts. You know, um, we talked about evil suspicion, but we also got to look at idolatry. You know what I mean? Where do these thoughts come of idolatry? You know, yeah, somebody's mind. Yeah, same thing with men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women. Where'd you get these thoughts from? Yeah. You know, where'd you get these thoughts that it's okay to serve uh, Christmas and and honor that as Christ's birthday? Where'd you get these thoughts from? Mm-hmm. You know, and all these other holidays like Easter and Thanksgiving. Like, where the heck did you get these thoughts from? And a lot of people don't really understand the Bible. A lot of people don't understand how to honor their mother and father. You know. It's just a lot of stuff that people don't really quite get and understand. So hopefully we'll get to hit a couple of different angles. Uh, another thing, too, because people have uh, they have thoughts about their own selves and, and dragging them dragging themselves down and feeling bad about themselves and, and being in the press mood. Mm-hmm. And it's all thoughts in your head. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Because a lot of people are, are, in other words, in so many words, they, they're driving themselves insane and becoming crazy because that's a good point, brother. Because a lot of people, it's like they label you with, with uh, bipolar or, you know, schizophrenia or whatever and think you're crazy or insane, which is a crazy thought to conjure up thoughts in your head. Because some people may think, oh, my wife is cheating on me and she's not even cheating on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and my husband is cheating on me. He's not even cheating on you. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know the saying out in the world, a lot of people got this this, this thing about him too, that why are you always trying to play me? Yeah. You know, oh, he trying to play me, or she trying to play you. Ain't nobody trying to play you. I'm sorry you see it that way, but you conjure up thoughts in your own mind thinking I'm trying to play you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So a lot of these things people got to really understand that that's a demon. You know what I mean? When you're When you're guessing and assuming something, that doesn't even, that's that's what Satan does. It's not even really there, but he puts it in your mind. He paints a picture that you conjure up this thought and it's real. And it's not reality. Mm-hmm. But you conjure up this thought in your own mind and you made it reality. Yeah, now you treat it like it's reality. Yeah. You know, you could be getting sad, getting oppressed, or having, you know, all types of things. You know, your thought will affect you in many different ways and even it puts you into depression. And then that's what causes mood swings and so on so forth and so on and sometimes you know you get into it with someone and you like seem like you angry and mad about something I can't read your mind I can't cut open your brain and read your thoughts like how am I supposed to know what's wrong unless you tell me mm-hmm. so a lot of people conjure up these thoughts about you already and they're already they're already treating you like their thought mm-hmm. about you and you don't even know what the heck is going on mm-hmm. now that could start you know a lot of hatred and schisms, you know, like that in, in the family and in the body of Christ. So we got to try to, you know, identify that and, and deal with it. Exactly. 
Right, we're going to open up with uh, the scripture we read in the beginning of the show. We're going to take a look at it. And, um, Genesis, the, the first, Genesis six. Uh, 6 chapter, mm-hmm. um, verse 5. All right. So this is Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, when we look at a scripture like that, mm-hmm. he saw wickedness of man on the earth was great. So there was a lot of things going on in the earth that was wicked. <coughs> mm-hmm. But the key to the scripture is that all the all the wickedness that God's seen going on in the earth all started in man's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Things they were thinking. Yeah. It was causing people <coughs> to fight, causing people to kill, causing people to bear hatred, causing people to steal, causing people to commit fornication, idolatry, you name it. Now the thing we got when we look at a scripture like that, we know the scripture didn't mention that did God change men's hearts at that time? From that time to this time, does the scripture mention that there was any change made in the wickedness of men's hearts? No. No. There was no change made, even though he wiped he wiped the <laughs> earth, he wiped it out, killed everybody but Noah and his family. But men still have that same wicked heart. Because Christ even spoke about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we still have that same wicked heart. That's why uh, the scriptures talk about when we go to keep the commandments of the Most High, there's a fight going on. Exactly. So we have to keep everything in line with the scriptures. We have to battle our minds because we understand from the scriptures that our mind is wicked, that our thoughts is wicked, so we have to apply the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So let's see what the scriptures say concerning these things. Let's go to um, let's go to the Apocrypha, Ecclesiastes um, 37 chapter. So we know that, you know, from checking out that scripture that men's minds is evil. Every thought of the men, of the of the minds of men is evil continually, constantly evil thoughts going into our minds. And that's why we have the scriptures to combat our wicked thoughts. Mm-hmm. Let's start at verse 1. Ecclesiastes 37 and 1 in the Apocrypha. And it reads, Every friend saith, I am his friend also. But there is a friend which is only a friend in name. Yeah, so it's talking about a friend. You know, there's a lot of people that have friends. You know, a lot of people may say I'm his friend and call somebody a friend, but they're not really a true friend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that's true friends. There's some people that's not a true friend. And sometimes they may not know who's a true friend and who's not. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, you know. Verse 2, is it not a grief unto death when a companion and friend is turned to an enemy? So is it not a grief unto death when a friend and companion turns to an enemy, which is true. It's, it's a hurtful thing. You had a friend one time, and he became an enemy. What happened? What took place? Next verse. Verse 3. O wicked imagination, whence came a style in to cover the earth with deceit? So now the scriptures are showing us something, right? Because the scriptures talks about, when we examine the scriptures, it talks about friends. Then he said, every friend is not a true friend. Okay. Then it talks about a friend and a companion becoming an enemy. Then the scriptures jump in the same, you know, the next verse, it talks about wicked imagination because a wicked imagination is something like if a friend, you may think he's a friend, but he's not a true friend. He may be in the friendship for his own benefit. Yeah. But yet that type of person will imagine evil against you because he doesn't like you or he might it might be envy it could be a lot of reasons mm-hmm. 
But that person could imagine evil thoughts about you, thinking that he's not really my friend. Because I heard brothers say that about other brothers. He's not really my friend. And then they speak about things which when you further examine it, you find out that these things ain't true. It's all something playing in this person's head. Yeah. You know, and when you apply scriptures, like the scriptures tell us, to go talk to one another and um, and make sure that what, what you're thinking is right. And then when you see that happening, you find out, because we even had a, 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 one brother come out and said, yo, that was something that I was just thinking up in my head. Yeah. But, but we can clearly see how yeah. that friend could become an enemy. Exactly. Because he's imagining something that he just conjured up in his in his own thoughts. You know, because sometimes, you know, uh, an individual might not salute you the way you want him to salute you. Or he might not greet you the way he wants to greet you. Or he might have walked by and not said hi to you. But you don't know what that person's going through in their life. <laughs> and for you to make up, yo, this dude funny style, man. This dude, he ain't say what up the way he usually say what up. Yo, yeah. he funny style. Something about that dude. Exactly. You know, and automatically conjuring up that he's plotting or, you know what I mean, or he he, he not feeling you like that or he's dissing you all of a sudden. It's not going, that's not, where'd you get all that from? Just yeah. from that? Yeah. Instead of you going to him saying, yo, everything's straight, man, or or telling what's on your mind, yo, you, you, you kind of saluted me different today or said, what up yeah. to me different? Or you walked by me, why is that? Yeah. Versus you coming up in, in your own evil thoughts thinking that, so now you're gonna hate on him now. Now you, when you, next time you see him, well, I'm gonna show him I ain't gonna say what up this time. I'm gonna act like I don't see him or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, we ha- we have to have an understanding. We have to understand. The Most High created us, and the Most High know us better than better than we know ourselves. <laughs> so when the Most High is showing us and, and telling us certain things about ourselves, we gotta take heed to that. You know, the Most High is telling us that all our imaginations are wicked. We can't just be thinking stuff about people and running on it. You know, and that happens a lot in this world. Mm-hmm. No, that happens a lot in churches. That happens a lot in different congregations, where individuals see something, or they hear something, and they try to put two and two to, two and two together, and come up with somebody being wicked or somebody doing wicked without no proof or no evidence. Mm-hmm. Let's let's look at we're gonna look at an example of that in the scriptures. Let's go to um, Matthew's the twelfth chapter. I want to take a good look at an example of that. Matthew 12. Let's start at verse uh, 22. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. <clears throat> then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil. So that was there was one possessed with a devil brought unto Christ. That's the hymn that the scripture is talking about. Blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? <clears throat> but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow do not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. All right. So let's check this out. We got the Lord and Savior. Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He heals a man, right? Mm-hmm. He heals a man possessed with a devil, and the people, you know, gives him honor for that. And all the people were amazed and said, "Is this not the son of David?" <coughs> but when the Pharisees heard of it, they said, "This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils." 
And when Jesus knew their thoughts. So they not only had an evil thought. They not only had an evil thought with no proof, no evidence, no understanding of what was going on, but operating off of envy, as the scripture later on tells us, that they were operating off of envy and jealousy of Christ. Mm -hmm. But now they went and started spreading a lie. Mm -hmm. They went and started backbiting. Or how the scripture says, speaking with a double tongue, lying about the Lord and Savior that he was doing this miracle by the powers of Satan. Now, that's a good example because a lot of times people say things about people and they have no evidence, no research, no understanding of what's going on, but yet automatically they jump into conclusions. Mm -hmm. What evidence do they have to say something like that? <laughs> they don't. None at all. None at all. But we see a lot of things operating in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Because we see, now, the Lord knew their thoughts, but what about the Lord didn't know? And they just went around, started spreading this, started spreading it, and they catch on like wildflowers, like wildfires that, that the Lord and Savior is doing work through Satan. Mm -hmm. you, see the, you see the danger in that? Yeah, let me pull out the scripture uh, to add, uh, paint a, more of a picture. Go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, because what you're saying is is what the scripture is about to bring out what they were doing. And they were doing this already. They've been doing this since the beginning of time, just like the scripture you pulled out earlier, Genesis 6 and 5, about the imagination of their thoughts was only evil continually. So that's why the Most High God brought the, the flood upon the earth. So they already was thinking like this. So back in Jeremiah time... I want to pull out this scripture to bring out more proof of that. All right, Jeremiah chapter 9, uh, start at verse 4. Jeremiah 9 and 4. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. Mm -hmm. For every brother will utterly supplant. supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slander. Yeah, so... When you see the scripture, what he's really talking about is mm. the people that are wicked is who he's referring to, mm -hmm. the wicked brothers, right? So it says, take ye heed every one of his neighbor and trust ye not in any brother. Because a lot of people trust and give their trust to anyone at any given time, not really knowing that individual. That's why the scriptures say that we have to walk in wisdom and make sure that if we could trust a friend, we got to first find out if we could trust the friend. So we got to be real easy with our secrets and, you know, our personal, you know, stuff and, and things of that nature. But we come in with the scriptures, you see? And so right here it says, take ye heed every one his neighbor and trust not ye and every brother. For every brother will utterly supplant and every neighbor will walk with slanders. So that's what you're saying about what happened with Christ because once you start spreading slanders, everyone that they're trying to spread saying that this dude Christ He's a, he's, a, he's a demon. Yeah. He has demons on him. He's not the son of God. Yeah. Just like there's a lot of people out here today that says Christ ain't the son of God. Mm -hmm. They adding, they still, the same spirit back then is here today. They still saying that Christ isn't the son of God and he didn't have powers to do this and do that. Or some people say he was just a prophet mm -hmm. and he did the work, some of the work of God, but he wasn't the son of God. 
You still slandering the Most High. I mean, excuse me, the Son of God. Because they hear other people say it, and they're mm-hmm. running off other man's uh, foolishness. With their thoughts and their foolish thoughts and their imaginations. And that's how you can do the same thing among us. You can start saying that, you know, this brother's a fornicator. Yo, this brother's a thief. Yo, this brother's a slander. And, and spreading schisms in the body from slander. I think this brother over here is sleeping with that girl. Mm-hmm. Now read, read, verse, uh, read verse 4 and 5 together. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will, uh, will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slander. Mm-hmm. And they will deceive every one his neighbor. Yeah, they will lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will lie on you. And why are people doing this? Because one, like we said, the evil imagination of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Two, they don't know God. They don't know how to walk. They don't know how to keep the commandments of God. They don't understand that what they're doing is evil. Yeah, because a lot of people, Christ says, when you read the Bible, the Bible says the Most High hates a liar. Mm-hmm. You understand? He hates a liar. So why would you lie again? So keep reading. Verse 5. And they will deceive everyone his neighbor and walk. And, and will not speak the truth Because speaking the truth is speaking the gospel You see what I'm saying And among one another we can't lie on one another Read on They have taught their tongue To speak lies And worry themselves to commit iniquity Thy, uh, thy habitation Is in the midst of deceit Through deceit they, they refuse to know me Said the Lord This was during the Jeremiah time brother So why do you think the Most High allowed um, the Babylonians to come in and take over. Because they refused to deal righteously. Yeah, because this is the spirit that was on brothers and sisters back then. They were walking in slanders. They were walking in deceit. They were walking in lies. So the Most High God said they refused me. They refused to know me. They refused to follow the truth because they want to walk in lies. They enjoy lies, brother. Mm-hmm. So people, there's some people out here they worry themselves to commit iniquity, meaning sin. Some people out here love instigating. They love lying. They love spreading lies. There's no facts. There's no truth to it. Yeah, yeah. They think of something and they run, they, they run on their thoughts without having no type of evidence. No type of strong evidence. Let's go to another scripture in the Apocalypse. Go to um, Ecclesiasticus, the fifth chapter. Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, the fifth. Chapter. All right. Even like when we look at the um, the time of Moses, mm-hmm. when them uh, those other Levites, they had the, the Most High chosen to be priests. They had the priesthood, but they wasn't happy with that. They wanted Moses' spot. They were jealous of Moses' spot, and they were trying to say that Moses was putting himself up to be some type of uh, king or some type of lord over them. When it was the Most High that chose Moses, mm-hmm. you know, so people conjure up things in their head all through jealousy. Try read on five and eleven for me. Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, chapter five, verse eleven: Be swift to hear, and let thy life be sincere, and with patience give answer. So when it talks about be swift to hear, there's a reason why the scriptures say that. Hold that for a second. Go to chapter eleven. I'm gonna we're gonna go back to that, but I want us to look at that. Be swift to hear. Chapter eleven. Read verse 7 out of 9. All right, we're going to chapter 11, Ecclesiasticus, verse 7. 
Blame not before thou hast examined the truth. So blame not before you examine the truth. So you can't accuse somebody until you know what the truth is. Exactly. You can't just be thinking something up in your head and go accuse somebody of doing something, and you don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. That's what they did to Christ. They said he casting out demons by the, by the power of Beelzebub, and they... What, what examination did they do? In their mind, they made this up. What proof? None. And that's what a lot of people do, man. They don't examine things. They don't make sure of what they're about to say before they open up their mouth. All right, read that again. It says, blame not before thou hast examined the truth. Understand first and then rebuke. Understand first. Mm-hmm. Get some understanding about what you're about to say to that person. Get some understanding on why the person acts the way he acts. Get some understanding on why the person did what they did. And this is something real simple, too. Um, just like with children, you know, you you have two children that may, um, two children that may argue or fight or something may go wrong. You got to go ask questions to find out what happened. You just can't automatically think your child didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you can't automatically even, even blame your child either. You got to examine it to find out what really happened. You can't blame nobody. You can't until you examine first. You can't be so quick to jump because you have to first find out what took place. That's with your wife, with your husband, with your coworker, friend, brother, sister. It does not matter. That's why the scriptures tell you, blame not before thou hast examined the truth. Understand first and then rebuke. And then you could um, correct because you found out who was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, you, you made a good point in what you just said. You said find out first and then rebuke, but you used the word correct because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and try to um, correct one another for, to better that person, not to try to hurt that person or destroy that person, but to try to build that person up to being a better person and to be more righteous in the eyes of God. Because what they're doing, if they're doing wrong, they're in sin. And you're trying to keep them from being in sin so they can make it into eternal life. It's all about love and us following the Heavenly Father in Christ and righteousness. You know, it's not about us having hatred, not about us getting vengeance, because that's a, a, another, um, that's a whole other show, man. That's mm-hmm. a heavy spirit that's on this world is getting vengeance and getting somebody back and trying to hurt somebody. But that's not what Christ is about. He's not about us trying to hurt somebody. He's about us trying to build somebody up, try to build one another up, you know. And if that person does not want to be built up, then then you uh, separate yourself from that individual. You know, if they, if they don't want to take correction of the Lord, then, then that's somebody you cannot be dealing with. You should not be dealing with. All right, let's go. Uh, I'll read that, though. It says, verse 7. Blame not before thou hast examined the truth. Understand first, and then rebuke. Answer not before thou hast heard the cause. Neither interrupt men in the midst of their talk. And that's something we used to see that a lot. Interrupting men in the midst of their talk when somebody's mm-hmm. trying to explain themselves. Yeah. You so quick to want to say what you got to say because you already got your mind made up. You cutting the person off in the middle of them explaining what they're about to say, explaining what they what they feel they need to explain. Nah, because I seen the way he looked at me when he came in the room. Nah, he guilty already. Mm-hmm. So I ain't even got to hear nothing he got to say because I know how he get down. 
already know. I already know. So you ain't even examine the truth. You just already know how we get down. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that's why a lot of arguments happen even with husband and wife because a lot of times people don't really want to hear what the other one has to say because in your mind you already got it made up that you already guilty. The other person guilty, not you. Because in your mind you already figured out you already did your examination in your mind. So I don't need to hear nothing from you because I already got the answer. So you're jumping to conclusions. You're already jumping. You ain't examined Jack Diddley, but you already got the answer though. <laughs> Let me pull out this scripture now, then. Um, Where do you want to go first? One more verse. <laughs> Which one? Verse nine. verse nine. All right. Um, verse nine. Strive not in a matter that concerneth thee not, and sit not in judgment with sinners. Well, strive not in a matter that concerns thee not, because a lot of people get into stuff that's not even any of their business. You know what I'm saying? Strive I mean they're trying to get an answer. They're fighting to get an answer and know something. That's really don't even concern them. Mm-hmm. So the scripture tells us don't even deal with that. Worry about stuff that you know. You know, not saying that if somebody's somebody's part of the body and they're walking in sin, yeah, we're supposed to make sure you know we walking upright and righteous, and that somebody's not causing offense. But don't be trying to get into everybody's business that don't even pertain unto you. That has nothing to do with you know with the scriptures. Go to um, chapter three. Uh, I might as well pull up the scripture no, now. No, let me finish this because okay. I was have over here. Okay. I jumped. Oh, okay, cool. Let's explain back to eleven. All right. Um, five and eleven. Oh, Ecclesiastes five. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Ecclesiastes in the Apocrypha chapter five verse eleven. Be swift to hear and let thy life be sincere, and with patience give answer. See, be swift to hear means there's a lot of people more more quick to talk than to hear. So the scripture tells us be swift to hear. Um, and let that life be sincere. Because let that life be sincere. Basically, let you know that if you're in the gospel and you say you serve Christ, you got to be real about it. If you're not real about it, then go do something else. You know what I'm saying? If we're gonna be, if we're gonna call ourselves servants of Christ, we got we have to be serious about it. You know. And it says, uh, and with patience give answer because the reason why it's with patience, like we said, is because you examine yourself, you listening. You're making um, diligent inquisition before you start talking. You're making sure that you know the facts. You know, you're not jumping to conclusion and running, run, running your mouth when you don't even know what's going on in the situation because you think you know something that you don't know. You're not Christ. Christ knows men's thoughts. We don't know men's thoughts. We don't know what men are going through in their lives. So we have to examine things and have understanding and compassion towards one another. Verse 12. If thou hast understanding, answer thy neighbor. If not, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. If thou have understanding, if you know. If it's something you know, then you can speak on it. But if you don't if you don't know, then you need to be quiet. Have you know? Honor and shame is in talk, and the tongue of man is his fall. Yeah, the tongue of man is in fall because people a lot of times people say things they have no business saying and get themselves in a world of trouble. Be not called a whisperer, and lie not in wait for thy tongue, for a foul shame is upon the thief, and an evil um, condemnation upon the double tongue. Yeah, so, you know, the double tongue is going to somebody that's a liar. The scripture said, be not called a whisperer, because what's somebody whispering doing? They're spreading, they're spreading slander. Yeah, spreading slander. Be not called a whisperer, and, and lie not in wait with thy tongue. And that's what a lot of people do. They can't wait to go tell something. 
that ain't even truth. They just can't rate the the run and, and tell that. But being that they're so impatient to run their mouth, they don't wait to know the truth. Mm-hmm. They don't wait to know the truth because they need something to talk about. The, like the scripture talks about a tale-bearer. He needs something to run and talk about. Yeah, he's running to tell a tale. He enjoy, people <laughs> enjoy that. That's, that's like another lust. Mm-hmm. To run and speak and spread evil without even getting understanding of what you're dealing with. That's against the scriptures. The scriptures are telling us not to do these things. How many times we see individuals that are in the faith doing things like that? Man, we've seen that a million times already, man. And and it all goes into a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. But when we receive understanding, we have to apply understanding and, and, and do our best to walk in that image of Christ. Do our best to do better and follow the scriptures, take heed to what the scriptures are showing us. But when we finally, in a lot of circumstances, we finally find out what the problem is and we did examine it. We did examine the truth and examining the truth, we found out that we had to do some correcting, mm-hmm. and with correction, brought brought pride and and um, and, and uh, jealousy and, and yeah. a lot of other stuff. And they don't want to listen to the scriptures. That's true. That that's something else that happens a lot is when when uh, people lack understanding and you try to give them understanding. That's where pride automatically step in. And oh, you trying to tell me I'm wrong, brother? Yeah. Instead of examining the scriptures and humbling some uh, humbling ourselves to what the Word of God say. We more step into pride and, and getting offended and resisting the scriptures than obeying the scriptures. Because nobody wants to be seen in the wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people got a lot of pride. When you start finding out you're wrong, that's a greater man to, you know, to finally realize the error of their ways and then find out, you know what, I got to work on that, man. You know, good looking. You know, thank you for, for pointing that out. Versus, you know, losing control in your pride and now it's like a domino, domino effect of lies now because you know you can't be corrected, yeah. and can't nobody tell you anything. So you're gonna continue lying now because you don't want to be shown that you're the one in fault. You know, because the thing is, somebody might say it's not a lie, but if you have lack of understanding and you're doing something mm-hmm. that's wrong, it is a lie because you understand it to be right, but yeah. it's wrong. Yeah, it's still a lie. Exactly. Just like people, they might believe Christmas. Is truth when the scriptures tell us it's wrong. If you run around telling people it's okay to celebrate Christmas and you're not lying, yes, you are lying. Whether you believe it's true or not, it's a lie. It is because a lie. God didn't did not say we can do it. That's imagination of your own mind. Right, read, read on that. Um, verse fifteen: Be not ignorant of anything in great matter or small. Or a small. I'm sorry. That's it. That's it on that. Yeah. We're gonna go. Well, move over to the next. Uh, next. Uh, well, actually, chapter three. Okay. Might as well read this while we're here. Uh, start at verse 18. Just like we, we read this in class. So, start at verse 18. This is Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, chapter three. Mm-hmm. Verse 18. The greater thou art, the more humble thyself. And thou shalt find favor before the Lord. Yeah, because a lot of people might sit in that high seat of today. You know what I mean? Um, it could be a lot of people out here, they're so-called pastor or a great speaker or a motivational speaker, whatever the case may be. You know, whatever plateau you put them on, there's a lot of great individuals according to this world. But when we look in the scriptures, you know, there's a lot of great men that sat in seats in the scriptures. 
You know what I'm saying? So it says, the greater thou art, the more humble thyself, and thou shalt find favor before the Lord. Because there are men that fit this scripture that are really great men, but they do humble themselves. And humble themselves mean I'm going to follow the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how great you become, no matter how many people might look up to you, how famous you may become, still I want you humble and follow my word. Mm-hmm. That's what the scripture is going into. A perfect example of what you were saying with uh, there were great men in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Pharisees, like the scripture we read about them, how they prejudged Christ, mm-hmm. they were considered great men in that time because they sat in Moses' seat. Mm-hmm. They were leaders of the people that were supposed to guide and teach the people on how to follow God. And the scripture we had just read, they didn't apply that scripture. Mm-mm. Because if they examined before they went and called and, and uh, said that Christ was casting out demons through the power of Beelzebub, if they were to examine Christ's works as he would keep with the commandments, you know, speak to him and, and things of that nature, then they would have found him to be a true servant of God. But instead of examining and humbling themselves and following what the scriptures say and examining things according to what the scriptures say, they were more filled with envy, which is against the scriptures. They were more filled with envy and jealous, jealousy and prejudged them to try to cast him down and assassinate his character than to find out, is this man truly a servant of God or is he an imposter? Is he, uh, or is he truly casting down demons by the power of God or he's, is he healing people through the power of God or is he truly healing people through the power of Satan? They didn't do that. And that scripture, you know, to the ultimate degree is Christ. Read verse 18 one more time. The greater thou art, the more humble thyself, and thou shalt, thou shalt find favor before the Lord. Yeah, because even Christ himself, he humbled himself when he took the death upon the cross for us. Exactly. And he is no greater person or no greater, you know, uh, um, person than him, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Read verse 19. Many are in high place and renowned. But mysteries are revealed unto the meek. Yeah, because the Most High God said, I'm going to give you the mysteries. I'm going to give you the understanding that a lot of people don't understand. When you apply these scriptures and, and humble yourself, no matter how great you are. Read on. For the power of the Lord is great, and he is honorable of the lowly. Yeah. Seek not out the things that are too hard for thee. Neither search the things that are above thy strength. And that's the key point that we're talking about here because we have a lot of people that think just because they sit in a certain seat and they and they seem to be renowned among other people and great and, and sitting on a pedestal, you know, to other people. Yo, you don't know everything, homie. Mm-hmm. There's some things that you don't understand and that you don't see. You are not that fly on everybody's wall in their home to make judgment calls and think you know what's going on in their relationship. You don't have that info. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? But read on for a minute. Read. That's, why, that's why Christ is the judge. He's the only true judge. Mm-hmm. Read verse 22. Um, but what is commanded thee, think thereupon with reverence. For it is not needful for thee to see what with thy eyes the things that are in secret. Yeah, because there's some things that's done in secret and you can't make yourself say you see something when it's done in secret. You can't make yourself see something that you can't see. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you don't understand, so then you just read a scripture a little while ago about put your hand on your mouth. Yeah. You don't understand you can't speak upon it. 
you got to examine first, find out some information before you call someone guilty. You know what I mean? Find someone guilty and pass judgment on someone. We don't even have all the all the proper information in front of you. And go run in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going on in this world today. But keep reading. Verse 23. Be not curious in unnecessary matters. For more things are showed unto thee than men understand. Read. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. <laughs> and an evil suspicion has overthrown their judgment. How many times has an evil suspicion, brother, especially us being... You know, in the church, and you being in the church, you know, in, in the um, especially in the Israelite Church of God, that we understand it to be. Other people don't really understand that Israel is the chosen people, but you've been in long enough to know in different churches how different churches been split and all that good stuff because of evil suspicion. Exactly. Exactly. So people are judging brothers and sisters in the church and don't really know what's really going on because it's done in secret. What a man and woman is doing at home, he knows his wife better than anyone. She knows her husband better than anyone. For So for a man to sit on that judgment seat of that church and think he's the head of the church and make a judgment call or decision what's going on in somebody else's house when you don't even really know, yeah. that's an evil suspicion. Because you need to first find out, seek inquisition, find out what's going on before judgment call is going to go out. Just like Paul did in a situation where homeboy was committing fornication in the church. right? The brother was committing fornication with his father's wife. All the information came out, and he yeah. said, I judge already. He should be what? Taken from among you mm-hmm. for this evil deed exactly. because the information came out. Nobody's, uh, it wasn't an evil suspicion. It was facts, exactly. and that's how we're supposed to deal. Yeah, because the most is going to bring it out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there and think and ponder in your mind and, and, and uh, think of all kinds of evil thoughts mm-hmm. and thinking you know something that you don't know when you just guess Mm-hmm. If it's something that needs to be done, the Most High is gonna bring it out. Yeah, he, he's not gonna let us be blind to the fact, you know. Eventually, it's gonna be manifested. You know, some of us want to have uh, instant gratification or, or instant understanding, if I will, and want to know right away. But sometimes things God is gonna reveal to us when He's ready. We can't speed up, you know, when we want to when we want to know or think we know. So read the next verse. Read verse twenty-five. Without eyes thou shalt want light. Profess not the knowledge, therefore, that thou hast not. So we went in, we went through this in class. So even a blind man, someone that's blind, he wished someone could turn on the lights. He wished that he can see again. You know what I'm saying? So it's saying, without eyes thou shalt want light. So it goes on to say, profess not the knowledge, therefore, that thou hast not. So it's just like a blind man. A blind man can't see, so he can't say, yeah, I've seen him committing fornication, or I've seen him stealing, or, or I've seen her um, um, hitting him upside the head with a pot and pan. You know what I'm saying? I've seen him or her stab somebody or shoot somebody. He's a blind man. He can't, know what, he can't see that. Yeah. So it's the same thing when you're professing some things that you think you know. you just like that blind man. You can't see. So don't go out saying that you're a witness to something or going out saying that you have proof when you don't have none because it's all in your own thoughts, all in your own mind. You know what I'm saying? And that's evil. That's called evil suspicion because we just read it. So can we can we operate like that according to God? Absolutely not. So we need Absolutely. to. You know, I want to make a point on that before we, we want to go on a promo, but go to First Corinthians on. Um, uh, Second Corinthians, I mean the 13th chapter. All right, because you you made a 
You know, but you know, he made a statement about the blind man saying he sees something. But it's not only the blind man, because there's times when people say they see things. That's why, you know, they say they see things, but did they really see it is the question. Exactly. That's why the most high told us this right here. Read that first Corinthians thirteen and one. Oh, first Corinthians thirteen. You said second. All right. First Corinthians thirteen and one. Oh, oh, right. Sorry about that. Second Corinthians. Oh, Second Corinthians. <laughs> oh, all right. See, so you really confusing yeah, me. Second Corinthians thirteen. All right. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse one. Uh, and it reads, "This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established." See, in the mouth of two <coughs> or three witnesses, because one person might say he's seen it, but. Mm-hmm. You know what? We have lies out there, like the scripture you read in Jeremiah. Yeah, there's individuals out there that's that's telling things that are not true. Mm-hmm. How many people for crying out loud? How many people are in jail but somebody said they seen something? Yeah, man. And it, and it was a lie. And that's real sad because a lot of people are in jail because of falsifying evidence or people lying on them. Or what about the jury? You know, and we can speak for ourselves, the so-called you know minorities of this world that. It wasn't fair to a lot of uh, so-called black men and Latinos and stuff like that that they go in front of a jury that's all white and they already found in their mind that they're guilty anyway yeah. because they're already prejudiced. Yeah, he's in black mind, in their mind. He's evil. He, he, he's guilty anyway because he's black. Yeah. yeah. So this is the point I'm making. There's a lot of people that set up in jail today that really are innocent. Absolutely. Look at look at even uh, when we look at Christ. Yeah. What they do, they set up false witnesses. Mm-hmm. So that's why the scripture comes out and tells us, and you know, just because one person say it, don't, don't mean it's automatically yeah. true. And they automatically. Mm-mm. And a lot of times, like we, like what the topic we're going over, people be be making stuff up in their heads, evil imagination, just running on their thoughts and mm-hmm. thinking they seen something, thinking they know or, or think they understand something. Mm-hmm. And go around and tell other people. Just like the dude that talked about Christ. He casting he casting out demons through the power of Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. How many people believe that from that one person conjured that up in their little pea brain and went around telling people like they were deep, they know something? Shoot, we hear it about us. I hear people out there saying that we're in the cult and that, oh, they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't believe in Christ. They don't believe in the Son of God. They talk about us. Indeed. You know, and spreading all this crap. They don't even know what they're spreading. Because they don't understand the scriptures either. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, brothers and sisters, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick promo break. So hold on. We'll be right back with you. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, 
listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out the Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the BOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the BOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is 1-877-871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com Our website thebocc.com contains our telephone number and email address as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification in repentance and good works Again, our website address is thebocc.com So please feel free to connect with us today is uh, evil imagination and what we've been discussing is how people have thoughts in their minds and uh, run with it like it's reality Mm -hmm. and we're going to continue to hit this topic we're going to pick back up with uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes the 40th chapter in the Apocrypha let's start at uh, 40 and 1 Ecclesiastes in the Apocrypha, chapter 40, verse 1. Great travail is is uh, created for every man, and a heavy yoke is upon the sons of Adam. From the day that they go out of their mother's womb to the day that they return to the mother of all things, their imagination of things to come in the day of death, trouble their thoughts and, and cause fear of hurt. Excuse me, fear of hurt. So the scripture says, 
scriptures tell us uh, the imagination, their thoughts of things that's going to happen or things that's going to take place, things that they might have planned for the day. Um, a lot of people let these things worry them. We know the scriptures teach us otherwise, but a lot of people let these things worry them. A lot of people worry about, you know, death or things going on in the world that, you know, something might happen to them. Verse 3, from him that sitteth on a throne of glory unto him that that is humbled in the earth and ashes. So telling everybody from the the rich person or or king or ruler until a poor person, everybody has thoughts that that, they're worrying about death or worrying about different situations going on in their life. And like we said earlier, some people will let things worry, worry them to the point where they can't function. Yeah. They can't eat, you know. They they can't go to school. They can't go to church. They can't, you know, whatever whatever they got to do for the day. They can't do it. They can't take care of their children properly, just because they're worried about thoughts that they have in their head. Mm-hmm. Like that. From him that 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 weareth, well, excuse me, that weareth purple in a crown, unto him that is clothed with a linen frock. Wrath and envy, trouble and unquietness, fear of death and anger and strife, and in a time of rest upon his bed, his night's sleep do change his knowledge. So check that out. It says wrath, envy, trouble, and unquietness. So all these things are people are, are thoughts are affecting people in all these different ways. They might have thoughts of things that cause them to be angry. Thoughts that cause them to have to, to be envious, thoughts that cause them to have fear, thoughts that cause them to have anger, thoughts that thoughts that cause them to have strife. Mm-hmm. All of thoughts that's that's going through their heads. Right, remember? A little or nothing is his rest, <clears throat> and afterwards he is in his sleep, as in a day of keeping watch, trouble in the vision of his heart, as if he were escaped out of a battle. When all is safe, he awaketh, and marveleth that the fear was nothing. So all these things people have, you know, they lay in bed. You know, there's been times, you know, we can speak for ourselves, times when we may worry about things or be in bed, you can't sleep because you're worried about things, or you're so worried about something, you might be having dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, you have dreams, you lay in your bed, you're having bad dreams, having a nightmare because you're all worried or you're concerned about something that's going on. Let's, let's look at one more scripture on that. Um, verse 34. Go to chapter 34 on that. Chapter 34, the same book. Let's read verse 1 to 3, and then we're going to look, look at something in the, the book of Philippians. Ecclesiastes chapter 34, verse 1. The hopes of a man void of understanding are vain and false, and dreams lift up fools. Whoso regardeth dream, dreams is like him that catches at a shadow and follow after the wind. So, yeah, because a lot of times these thoughts, you know, people be daydreaming or they be thinking of things or they might even dream of something and they, they wake up and they act like this thing is a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, they act like, you know, pretty much like it really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the scripture showing us that, you know, whoever follow a dream is a fool. And it's the same thing with, with your thoughts. It's no different than than a thought that you may have about about a person, about a brother, about a sister. If you follow just a thought, you're a fool. If you follow something where you have no concrete evidence, 
and you thinking that somebody's up to evil with no evidence, then you're being foolish. And you're not operating according to the scriptures. We're gonna we're gonna show you that. Hey, we are. Uh, verse three. The vision of dreams is the resemblance of one thing to another, even as the likeness of a face to a face. Yeah, because you may have uh it could be a dream or it could be a thought that you may have in your head and you can tell it to somebody and somebody may look at it a whole different way and perceive it a whole different way than what you see it. Because it's not even it's not even reality, it's just something that you figuring up or conjuring up in your mind that's not even realistic. So we really have to be careful of the things that we're thinking of and thoughts that are coming in our head. And we really have to examine things according to the scriptures and deal spiritually with our thoughts and not run on thoughts and act like they're reality and go telling people, well, I think this person's doing this. I think that person's doing that just because you had a thought or an idea within your head. Mm-hmm. A little more scripture. Go to um, Philippians, the fourth chapter. Because the scripture tells us about that, that we're not supposed to be worried about things and worried about thoughts and all these thoughts in our heads and all, all these vain imagination and losing sleep about things and being all worried about things. Philippians 4 and start at verse 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So when it's a scripture tells us to be careful for nothing, meaning that we're not supposed to be worried about things and be scared and worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and or fearful about different situations going on in our life. As long as we're in the Lord, we're, we're protected. The scripture says that, when it tells us to be careful for nothing, I mean, we ain't supposed to be worried, but we're supposed to pray and let the Most High deal with the situations that we're going through in our life, and have confidence in the Most High that we'll, that He's gonna He's gonna protect us. He's gonna deal with the situation that we're going through. We don't have to lay in bed all worried and losing sleep and worry about this is this might happen and that might happen, and thinking all thinking of all types of evil in our heads. Uh, I want to add to it because, um, you know, even, you know, in the situations, a lot of situations in our lives, I can speak for myself, you know, um, you know, even with the business, you know what I'm saying, with things that, that happened in my personal life where a lot of money, I lost a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I understand that according to the Most High God that, you know, I need not to worry because he said, I got you, you know, I, I got you, son, you know. You know, um, so the whole thing is, if I walk in God and I keep his sayings and keep his word, what is it that I have to worry about again? And we do understand that it's natural. It's natural. The flesh makes you worry. It makes you fear. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I do understand that. But that's how come the flesh fights against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. When that does arise, we got to remember the scriptures and keep fighting against that mm-hmm. to overcome it. I just wanted to throw that out there. That's good. That's good because that brings balance because, like you're saying, when these thoughts come in, we gotta we got to fight these thoughts with the scriptures. And not only, you know, like we said, the script, this topic doesn't only cover us having negative thoughts against a person, 
another person, but also us having negative thoughts against ourselves. That's right. And things we're going through in our life. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> even if we were to die, we know if we if we walking in Christ, we know that we have a place, you know, in heaven. We have a body in heaven. Not that we want to die, but we know we have that comfort. You know, and we know no matter what we go through, as long we in Christ, we good. Yeah, we good. No doubt. And that's that's the hope that we have to have in the Lord. That's that's where our mind is. The worst thing that just happened to us is us coming out of Christ. Mm-hmm. Which which means us going into sin. <clears throat> but as long as we in the gospel and in the body of Christ, we, we need not to worry. We need not to worry. Alright, we don't go. Uh verse seven. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes, passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, check that out. There we go. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are, are of good report, if there be any virtue, virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So those are the things we're supposed to think about. Those are the things we're supposed to meditate on. Not on evil, but on things that are good, things that are pure, things that are righteous. And the, the key word, all of them are key words, but since we're talking about the subject we're talking about, you know, things that are honest. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't think about things that are honest. Yes, so many so many people are so dishonest, you know what I mean? Some, some, so many people out here are are like um like we said earlier, some people roll in deceit. They operate in deceit. That's all they know is deceit. You know what I mean? And lies. So they're not honest with their own selves, let alone with other people. You know, they lie to themselves, brother. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So how the heck they gonna tell any kind of truth or even the scripture says here of good report. How many people around here running around here of good report? Yeah. <laughs> That's leading by example. Instead of looking to tell something evil, won't you look to tell something good? Exactly. Instead of looking to say something evil about another person or, or waiting for something that you can go run and tell that's evil, why don't you wait <coughs> and run and tell something that's good? Mm-hmm. Of a good report. And then when the evil thought come up, check it with the scriptures. Know that it's a negative. Know that it's negative. Because the scriptures tell us in... um. Let's go to that real quick too, brother. Uh, First Corinthians, the thirteenth chapter. You got something you want to bring up? Yeah, a couple of things. Yeah, let me okay. bring this out. And then you... First Corinthians, First Corinthians, thirteen. Started uh, three, four, and five. When it talks about charity, because that's what we're supposed to be dealing with. We're supposed to be dealing with charity. First Corinthians, thirteen. Verse. We want to start at three, or where'd you say? Let's start at four, three, four, and five. <coughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Because envy, that's one of the reasons why, like, going back to the example we bought with Christ, it was envy. They envy, they had envy for Christ, so they spread a lie on him. They went to say that he cast out demon by Satan. But charity, being in that spirit that we're supposed to be in, the spirit of charity, we're not supposed to have envy in us, right? Mm-hmm. Are we done? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Do not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. 
is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. See, thinketh no evil. Mm-hmm. So you're not thinking of evil against another brother. You're not thinking evil against another sister. If you're thinking evil against another brother or another sister, you know that you're not rolling in charity. Yeah, because the scriptures tell you, we we say it, we say it a lot. If a brother or sister offend you, go talk to you and him alone. Um, and that will solve a lot of different thoughts in your brain. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and that's what we need to learn. But if you don't have the mind of Christ, you're not gonna know to operate that way. Exactly. Read one more verse. Rejoiceth, rejoiceth not in iniquity. And that's what's going on too, because a lot of people are rejoicing in iniquity. Yeah, they are. They think something is evil. They rejoice. They run to go and spread it. That's rejoicing in iniquity. Yeah, they're happy. They're excited. Instead of <clears throat> instead of making, you know what? I, I don't think I saw that right. Maybe I'm just bugging out. Let me go talk to that person and make sure so I can get this evil thought out of my mind. Because this evil thought is not of the Lord. That's how we're supposed to be dealing. Not having evil thought and running around spreading, hey, this brother, this, this brother, oh, this sister, you know what? I think this sister's doing this. I think this brother over here is doing that. This is something that we have to purge out of us. Mm-hmm. We have to purge these things out of us. Because they, they there. They in all of us. They in me. Mm-hmm. I have evil thoughts, but I have to purge these things out of them, out of myself. I have to bring these things under the obedience of Christ. Because mm-hmm. that's what the scriptures is telling us. We're not supposed to be thinking evil. And we're not supposed to, uh, you know, we're not supposed to be running, spreading spreading false false tales. What you have, brother? Well, let's finish this out. Uh, verse uh, 6. Uh, rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Yeah, rejoice in the truth. What is true? The scriptures. Yeah, and how and how we're supposed to operate in the scriptures. We're supposed to rejoice in the operation of of the word. Exactly. 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 <laughs> yeah, I got a couple points uh, that I would like to bring out. It was so much. To, uh, I want to give a couple of examples. They're going to be uh, pretty sharp and quick. Uh, go to James. Chapter 2. James chapter 2 and read verse 1. All right, James 2 and 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto you assembly of men, with a gold ring in dirty apparel, and there therein also a poor man in veil in veil remnant, and ye have respect to him that wear the the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are you not are you not then uh, uh, partial mm-hmm. in, in yourself? And I'll become judge of evil thoughts. Yeah, because there is a lot of people out here, brother, that has respect of persons. Exactly. And God is saying that's an evil thought. You see what I'm saying? So just because someone might be famous, you know, someone that, you know, to you, you look up to or, or someone that might be rich or wealthy versus a regular ordinary dude or female. Yeah. And you giving the other person more respect than that one. And even in judgment, when certain things happen, you are automatically for the rich man or the famous individual because you think you're going to get something in return. Yeah, you're listening to them. Yeah, but 
are we supposed to operate like that? The most high said that's an evil thought. That's evil of you to think that way. Because you're looking down on the person because they don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or because they're not, you know, rich and famous or, or have nice clothes on. You're automatically judging them as being evil or judging them as being less of a person. Exactly. <clears throat> and we're not supposed to operate that way. Yeah, that, that is an evil thought. So let's give another example. Go to Luke, Luke chapter uh, 22. Luke chapter 22 and read verse, uh, read verse 1. Start at verse 1 anyway. Luke 22 and 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Stop there for a minute. The point I want to go here is to show you how Satan entered his mind. Satan entered his mind to do what? A lot of people know, but let's read it. Read verse 4. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and coveted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in in the absence of the multitude. So just showing you that. In his mind, he said, you know, I'm going to get some money out of this. I'm going to betray my friend and betray my Lord, Jesus Christ, for some money. Now, where the hell did that thought come from? You know what I'm saying? Because Satan entered his mind and came up with that thought that he could make some money off of this. Because his lust was money. We know that. So I'm going to betray the Son of God <laughs> for some money. You know, that's, that's a very um, interesting point. Because <clears throat> when, when you look at what Judas did... It seemed like after he did, he knew what he was, he knew what was about to happen. He was yeah, he, was, he already knew. But after everything took place, mm-hmm. he regretted what he did, and he went and jumped, you know, jumping, you know, hung himself or whatever, and suicide. Yeah. What's so, what's so, what's so remarkable about that? Because, um, like today, because uh, me and the brother work at um at a halfway house where, you know, people are, are dealing with recovering from drugs and things of that nature. Exactly. Um, today I was um, working there and I was sitting in one of the, um, <coughs> I was sitting in one of the groups and the individuals, you know, the lady was talking about being on drugs and, and being addicted to things. And but in the, well, a couple of the individuals that was on drugs, they were saying, it was telling me how they would leave to go get high. And like a week later, two weeks later, when they, you know, when they come down off their high, they sitting there and be like, "What did I just do?" Yeah. And they have the same clothes on that they've been wearing for two weeks. They said they be smelling, you know, they was going into how they be smelling. They, they said the socks when they take off their socks, like their skin coming off weird, and how they stink and everything. Bang. And they can't believe that, you know, the way they were talking, like in the, in the group, like they couldn't believe that they let their body get in this dirty, smelly condition. But for two weeks you out getting high, you don't even realize or pay attention to what's going on in your body. Because they want their lust so bad, they can't see past that. Satan got their mind. All they're thinking about is getting high. They're not even thinking about themselves and what they're actually doing until everything is over with. Now they're coming back to their self and they're realizing that, damn, look what I just did. Yeah. So what was your, you wasn't thinking about yourself? You wasn't thinking about, yo, I need a shower? You wasn't thinking about, yo, but what about my children? You wasn't thinking about, what about my wife? What about my responsibilities? For those two weeks or a week or what, however many days 
You was out mm-hmm. on your binge getting drunk or high and things of that nature? Yeah, that's sad, man. It just shows out of mind sometimes work, man. When that lust takes over, all you're thinking about is fulfilling that lust. And that's real sad. That's a that's demon. That's crazy. Because it's showing you that Satan entering your mind and you giving in to Satan thoughts. You know? And all of a sudden, you back you back in reality and realize what you just did. Mm-hmm. But you gave your mind over to Satan and let him take complete control over your body. Exactly. And that happens in, in a lot of different ways when we get caught up in our lusts. Go to Acts chapter 8. We'll give another example. We're just trying to give some examples according to the scriptures and it's showing you that these demons, not only did they exist back then, but they exist now. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So Acts chapter 8, we're getting right to the point. Um, read verse 18. Acts 8 and 18. And when Simon saw that through lying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. So this man, Simon, seen that, you know, that these men were healing people, or better yet, giving them the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, by putting their hands on them, he was like, wow, that's powerful. You know, how could I receive this? So he said in his mind, you know what? I'm going to give you some money, and I want that same power. And he wanted to buy it. Yeah, he wanted to buy the power of giving other people the Holy Spirit. But when we keep reading the story, you're going to see some people is thinking like this today. Read the next verse, verse 19. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. See, he that, he's telling them straight up, this is what I want, and I'm going to pay you for it. Read on. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So he said, <laughs> you have thought. So it was in your mind. You came up and conjured this thought in your mind that, you know, I could pay for this. Where did you get that idea? Yeah, like, where did you get that from? Where did you get that thought from, Simon? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like a lot of people today, a lot of people think they could buy God and buy Christ. That's why a lot of people do all that, get caught up in the tithing scam that these preachers are doing. They think they could buy their way into the kingdom. You can't buy the power of God. You got people like Creflo Dollar that set up saying that if you give tithes, you automatically going to make it to the kingdom. He's saying the same thing here. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have the power of God. You know what I'm saying? So these people out here think they could buy their way into the kingdom, and they, they could buy favor from God by giving up money. But yet they still got hatred. But yet they still cheating on their wives and their husband, but they giving up money and think they're going to make it to the kingdom. They still, like we read earlier, got the seat in their mind, and they got these thoughts of evil towards someone someone or another. And they spread in, like the scriptures say, they spread in slander and being talebearers and whisperers, but yet they giving this money and they think they're going to make their way into the kingdom. You can't buy the power of God that way. And you know how the funny thing about it is, is it took one person to have the thought. And the person that did it, he did it for gain. Yeah. You know, somebody came up with the idea that I'm going to make a lot of money by telling people if they give me money, they can make it to the kingdom. Then other people, without examining it, without researching it, without checking it out and going through the scriptures and and doing diligent inquisition and everything, Mm -hmm. they just picked it up and ran with it Mm -hmm. like it was true. And it's just what people do in so many different cases. 
in religious beliefs, in uh, pagan holidays. Mm-hmm. They hear somebody make it up. Somebody made it up, made this uh, Easter up, a bunny rabbit laying eggs and everything, and other people following it, teaching it to their children, running with these thoughts. Exactly, because you see a lot of pastors today, they do it all on TV. They grab you, put their hands on their shoulder, and they heal you. And these people giving him all their money. You know what I'm saying? Pastors are doing it everywhere. What about even Simon here? It's like a business to him. I'm going to invest in giving you money to give me this power, because what was Simon going to do with it? When you read the story of Simon, from you read this whole story from the chapter from the beginning, you see that Simon was already a wicked one. He was already a sorcerer. He was going to use it to make more money. He wanted to make more money. So in his mind, he thought this way. I'm going to make money off of this, just like pastors today. Me and you, brother, could do the same thing if we wanted to, right? We could be like, you know what? I could be the next Creflo or the next T.D. Jakes. I could do the same thing, man. I could go out there, and I could teach the gospel the way the people want to hear it, and I could be filthy rich. Exactly. Exactly. But let's read, 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 uh... Read verse 20 again and keep reading down. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So he said to hell with your money. Okay. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Yeah, your heart is not right because he said, when you when you read uh, go further up where it says, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought, thought. That thou gift of God may be purchased with money. So in your mind, you thought you could do that? So he says right here in verse 21, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God, meaning your mind ain't right in the sight of God. You can't operate this way and by the power of the Holy Spirit like this. It doesn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? So read verse 22. And this is for a lot of people out here. Verse 22, they need to read. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God... If perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. Because a lot of people, like we read today about a couple of examples and a couple of things we read earlier about people spreading slander, people thinking evil suspicion already, don't even really know the whole story. Then no inquisition was made, but yet you, you already found someone guilty. You know what I'm saying? You got people, we said a little while ago, that just want money. So just like we said, like Judas, there's some people betraying other people for money. They don't care if they go to jail for the rest of their lives. I'm going to make a false statement or whatever. You got people that think like that. We talked about this man, right? Or James. What about the thought James? In, in, in the book of James, I mean, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, about how that was an evil thought that he had respect of persons because of someone's status. You know what I mean? Someone was famous or someone that had money versus someone poor and someone, you know, isn't well known, just a plain ordinary person. These are thoughts of the wicked. So when you read here, when you read verse uh, 22, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if thou perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. So you have to repent. You have to realize the error of your way and repent me. You just don't say it with your mouth, but you got to work on your actions and stop operating that way. So read verse 23. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. And in the bond of iniquity. Yeah, because he's letting them know straight up, you committing iniquity, man. Yeah, yeah, you're a wicked person. You very wicked. You need to repent, man. Mm-hmm. And you got to see if God is going to forgive you. Not me, but if God is going to forgive you. God's going to have mercy on you. Because Peter, it wasn't like he had to go through Peter. 
And Peter was like, nah, you got to see if God is going to forgive you of this matter, man. Yeah. And But you got a lot of people here today think they got to go, you know, to their so-called pastor or pope or, or father or rabbi or whoever, and they're going to get forgiveness through this individual. It don't work like that. This is between you and the most high God. That's where the forgiveness got to take place, man. You know, you don't go to no father and, and so-called father of these churches and go spill out your guts to everything that happened, you know what I'm saying, and think you're going to be forgiven. You got to be forgiven from the most high God, you know. But with that, let's go to Second. I mean, let's go to, uh, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter 11 now. I'm going to go a couple of scriptures to close it out. All right. All right. Well, let me go to this, and then uh, Second Corinthians eleven. Yeah, because I just want to bring this point out. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, and read verse three and four. But I fear, least by any means, as the serpent begot Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. Because that's what Satan does. Satan comes in your mind, just like he did with Eve. When you read the scriptures in the beginning in Genesis, where it talks about them in the garden and how God forbade them to eat that fruit, right? Mm -hmm. But yet Satan tricked um, Eve. Well, they didn't really trick her, but in her mind she yeah. was tricked because she wanted that wisdom. She wanted that knowledge to see good and evil. So Satan knew her lust, and she gave into it and ate of that fruit, right? Mm -hmm. So the serpent told her, you shall not surely die if you eat. But God said what? On the contrary, you shall surely die if you do eat. So read verse 3 one more time. It's kind of like a kid. You tell him you can't do something. He's wondering, why can't I do this? Why mm -hmm. can't I eat of that tree? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So read verse 3 one more time. But I fear at least by any means, as the serpent begot Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity <laughs> that is in Christ. So your mind should be corrupt, meaning your thoughts should be corrupt in the simplicity that's in Christ. Because now Satan has beguiled you, has tricked you. Because you gave into your lust. That's how he's tricking you through your lust. You see, he's not forcing you to do nothing. He's setting it up for you to fall because he knows you you enjoys the pleasure of what he put in your mind. Yeah. All right. Now I want to go to another scripture. Go to Ephesians. Or did you read the next verse? What was that? Read verse four. Did you read that? No. Read verse four with it. For if he that come and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. The reason why I'm reading that scripture is because it's basically going into the same thing with Eve, brother. Because when Eve was told by the serpent that you could eat from it and you shall not surely die, that was another God. You understand? That was another God. So a lot of people don't understand. When you're giving out advice or counsel to someone and it's contrary to the doctrine, you're giving in to another, another God is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't take counsel but from the Lord, not from nobody else. You know, go to, um, if we have more time, I'll go to a couple of scriptures to show that. But go to Ephesians chapter 6. You got to make sure that counsel line up with the scriptures. Exactly. Go to Ephesians chapter 6 and read verse 11 and 12. And I'll give it back to you. Put on the whole armor of God, mm -hmm. that he may be able to stand against the wells of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, what people don't understand is those thoughts that we get, 
They're demons, man. Yeah. Satan. They're coming from Satan. So the reason why you have these thoughts, you have to really understand, how do I put on the whole armor of God? How do I do that? Let me go to this one more scripture, and then I'll give it to you. Second Corinthians, I know you probably had it too. Let's just go to it. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and let's read verse 4 and 5. Yeah. Well, you want to go to another one before we go to that? Yeah. Go to one, and then we'll go to that, because we only got a couple minutes. Go to um, Zechariah, Zechariah 718. All right. And then we close out with that. All right. Zechariah 17 and the same book, 8 and 16. Oh, you think? All right. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Zechariah chapter 5. No, chapter 7? Yeah. Chapter 7, verse what now? Um, Verse 8. Chapter 7, verse 8. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the the Lord of hosts saying, execute true judgment and show mercy and, and uh, compassion every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And when well, you look at a scripture like that, too, because it's, it goes back kind of like in um, the scriptures the way you read where, where individuals give honor to somebody that got money or somebody that they feel is doing good. Mm-hmm. But yet people that's in bad position or bad conditions they oppress or they treat treat lesser, you know, give them less honor, look down upon them. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes right back to that. Yeah, you know? And let and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refuse to hearken and pull away the shoulder. So the scriptures tell us, let none of us imagine evil against his brother in our hearts, meaning in our minds. And what happened? Do people hearken to that? No. No, they constantly doing just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they refuse to hearken and pull away the shoulder and stop their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as a um adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts have sent in his in his spirit by the former prophets. So that, that's something that's a commandment that we're not supposed to do that. Now jump for that, go to chapter uh eight and read sixteen and seventeen. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16. These are the things that ye shall do. Seek ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. So speak speak ye every man truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. And love no false oaths. For all these are the things that I hate, saith the Lord. So the scripture telling us that the most I hate when we have evil imagination in our minds against our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So we can't just be thinking of things against our brothers and sisters and acting like that's of the most high or that's law. So go, go to go to go to Second Corinthians chapter ten to close it out. Yeah, Second yeah, 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 Corinthians chapter ten. So what do we do when these thoughts come in our minds? Just like the thoughts of, of doing sin or the thoughts of following our flesh. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, read verse uh, 4 and 5. Just get right. No, start. 2? No, just 4 and 5. Let's, let's start there. I think I'm going to start there. Eh? All right. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring it into, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the scripture is letting us know that the war we're fighting isn't a cardinal war, but it's all starting in our minds. These thoughts that come in our minds is what has a strong hold on us and causing us to do things that's contrary to Christ. So we have to bring all these thoughts to the obedience of the scriptures. Let me just read this part real quick. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 11. You don't, we went to it already, but I want to add to it. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So that's how you put on the armor by what we just read in 2 Corinthians 10, by making sure that we control those imaginations, brother. Right? Then it goes on to say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. So that's the battle we fight. We're fighting demons in our mind. So that's why it says cast down imagination means cast down demons in your mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So like we read in the scriptures, when we have a thought or even thought against our brother, what the scripture said, the scripture said, cast down imagination, every thought that's against the knowledge of God. That's so right. the knowledge of God, we read, told us, don't have an evil thought against our brother. Did we read that in Zechariah? Exactly. So if that evil thought come against our brother or sister, we're supposed to cast it down to the obedience of Christ. I mean, what the scripture say? Go talk to that person. Make sure that, you know, the person is not doing wrong. If the person is doing wrong, then help that person deal with that issue that they have within themselves. And that's righteousness in the eyes of God. Anything that's not what you just said, you are evil and you are wicked and you need to repent. Yeah, you're dealing with sins. So with that, we hope that everybody that was listening in today was edified by the scriptures. And we pray that the Most High and His Son, Jesus Christ, Give us more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so we can apply it to our lives. And with that, we say shalom. Shalom. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is 1-877-871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist.com at youreach.com youreach is the letter U followed by the word reach so that's bodyofchrist at youreach.com our website thebocc.com contains our telephone number and email address as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification and repentance and good works Again, our website address is the DOCC.com, so please feel free to connect with us today.